Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. This is Adam of Monkey Tennis fame telling you that Stephen Mangan of I'm Alan Partridge, Green Wing and Episodes fame will be our special guest at the London show of our Mid-Evening Matters tour. It's coming up at King's Place on the 9th of September, and you're about to hear from me and the rest of the Monkey Tennis guys with a few more details about this very exciting tour. Hello friends and listeners, it's us again. We're still here backstage at Comic-Con where we, we've walked through the wrong exit and been stuck here for three weeks now. I'm so thirsty, I'm so hungry. And we haven't seen Jed for days. We're so lost. I need a poo. <laughs> uh, but we're, before we get on with today's episode, we just wanted to tell you once more about Mid-Evening Matters, our tour coming up this September. Uh, Tom Stab can now run you through the dates. Little pause there whilst he just reminds himself. <laughs> yes, thank you very much, Adam. Uh, I didn't know you were going to throw to me. So, on the 7th of September, we're going to be uh, in Bristol at the Wardrobe Theatre. On the 8th of September, we're going to be in Manchester at the Lowry Theatre. And on the 9th of September, we're going to wrap it up at King's Place in London. Pretty exciting. And you can get all the details for that on monkeytennispod.com. Uh, so, a cosplay Comic Con themed question to the group as we are still here. Uh, hence the background noise. If you're going to dress up as an Alan character for this live show, not not saying that you will, and certainly not saying that ticket purchases will be refunded if you don't. But uh, what what character would you go for? Oh, good question. Uh, can I start? You can. I'd go as Michael, but I'd go as the Michael version where Alan turns up to his front door, um, and I would walk around with a couple of beans. beans. Yeah, yeah, that's and, good. That's and good. And maybe a door as well, and a spoon. Yes. Uh, 
and maybe a, a large hairy biker following yeah, me no, around. Yeah, a large hairy biker following me around. It's like a, it's like a two-person cosplay. Yeah, yeah. As we're covering uh, mid-morning matter series two on this tour, I'd probably go as a psychic Simon, if only to dust off a decade-old Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good plan. It's not a hemp t-shirt or a hemp shirt even. Uh, Nick, what about you? Uh, I'm still thinking. Have you got one? <laughs> well, I think the probably uh, I wouldn't want to choose this myself, but I think the ultimate Alan cosplay is probably having the peephole Pringle, the uh, vulcanized rubber underpants. Uh, just yeah, just, or maybe the traffic cones pointing through as well. I think that's the one, isn't it? It's the, it's the Tony Hare's lap dancing dream sequence, Alan. I've changed that's ultimate cosplay. I've changed mine. Can I yeah. go as a giant beefy to bear? You certainly can, Tom. The choice is yours. <laughs> there is always the risk of stabbing, though. Yeah. Yeah. You can get them on a bus, though, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming back to Nick now for his choice. Uh, He's had plenty of time to think about it. I, I, I think I would go as um, Susan, because I've got a lovely singing voice, uh, and I think I could wear her look quite well. So I, I'm going Susan. Genuinely harrowing. Uh, so thanks, everyone. Uh, please do join us. Tickets and information about the tour at monkeytennispod.com. And now, on with the episode. North, North, Monkey tennis? Well, uh, this is great banter. Ha 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more uh, rubbery than turgid. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Hello again, friends, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Look at my red nose. Nick Older. A slag's tan. And Tom Stab. I've been goaded by a fat, damaged man with one lung into a boxing match. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if you were listening last week, you'll know that we're tackling Alan's contributions to comic relief over the years. Last week, we did uh, everything he did in the 90s. And today, we'll be looking at the, uh, well, the 2000s, but up to... to The noughties. Up to 2017. The noughties and the teens or whatever. Spanning two decades, if you like. Um, One thing to mention is that as this is obviously all tied in part and parcel with Comic Relief, we will be making a donation ourselves uh, as a sort of thank you for uh, Comic Relief for bringing more Alan to the screen. Uh, So we begin in 2001, where I believe Alan is ready about to square up against uh, Peter Kay's boxer yeah that's right so this um so we last saw alan in comic relief in 1999 so uh between then and this appearance in 2001 the only appearance that i can come across is that he was on the british comedy awards so again this is kind of an island of partridge uh because it's preceding i'm alan partridge series two which came the following year was that presenting an an award Uh, i i uh it, well, it says here as a musical performer, so oh. Oh, maybe it's doing a similar kind of medley mm. type thing. It's interesting before. to note as well, like, I know we're talking about um, the comic relief specials specifically, but most people think of, you know, a couple of series and there isn't much more to it. When you look at actually the things that he's done over the years, we're going through um, Wikipedia now, there is... So, so many, much, so yeah. many entries that actually he doesn't disappear from screens for that long. Well, I think that was a general observation I had doing this comic relief research. It's like it's quite a clever way to keep the character relevant and visible. So any years where it's essentially a down year from a sitcom mm. or a chat show, he's at least in a comic relief. So he's always there in the kind of like in the public consciousness. Yeah, and mm. the thing is that probably wouldn't be a strategic thing as such. He probably just gets 
called up and asked if he will do it. And if the yeah. call didn't come, he wouldn't be yeah, looking I mean, for something I, I, to do. I guess it partly goes with it, it's every other year anyway, so it just yeah. kind of it just happens to work out yeah. quite well. Mm. Yeah. Um, so with this one in 2001, so obviously we've kind of done this based on mostly there are YouTube links to all mm-hmm. of these years, but actually this one is is also on the uh, I'm Alan Partridge DVDs. So the version of this on DVD is slightly longer than the version that you can find on the Red Nose Day YouTube channel. Ah. So there is a first section here. Um, when Alan is introducing what's going on, so uh, where we meet Michael and Alan in the, uh, in this gym in Manchester. So he starts off E by gum, so he's using the Manchester accent and phrases like a bit like when he's talking to the builders in our Alan Partridge series yeah. too, basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's the way he thinks he has to ingratiate himself to what he considers working class people yes. by using their accents yeah. and their, their phrases. Or just northern people in general. Um, yeah, basically. He, he's basically scared of people that are working class and or northern. Yeah. Um, so he... Um, he's walking kind of around the boxing ring explaining what he's doing there and he refers to a young boxer that he walks past saying that it's better he's pummeling that bag than pushing a man through a chip shop window <laughs> wow uh, so specific as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well he's he just kind of drawn what's a kind of northern working class stereotype or something I don't know. Uh, Michael appears dressed as a town crier yeah uh, I, there's, a, there's a bit in the second part which obviously is the only bit that I've seen where Mike, where Alan kind of refers to Michael, yeah, and obviously you, you don't get the explanation of the setup. No, really, yeah. and and Peter Kay's character is like, well, you can't use him. He's pissed or whatever yeah. like that. You just kind of see in the corner Michael dressed as a town crier or a little yeah, mayor yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like, so Why? yeah, he, he's dressed as a town crier. He's got the bell and everything. Brilliant. But Alan goes on to explain he was dressed like that for something that basically they were going to do, which isn't now happening. <laughs> uh, also, Michael thinks they're fundraising for children in need. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alan, uh, Alan then goes to bring out another boxer from the gym uh, called Adam, uh, not to be confused with the host. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that um, Alan, it turns out that Alan and Adam have met before because Adam stole Alan's car, and Alan makes him apologise <laughs> live on air. Yeah. Uh, and whilst that's happening, you see Michael crack open a can of lager in the background. Brilliant. Oh, uh, and that brings us up to speed with what you guys have now. I seen. really want to see that. You've yeah. sold that brilliantly. It's yeah. really good. There's yeah. some really good stuff in it, there. It's a shame that they haven't put that on on the full Comet Relief channel. I don't really know why. Would you no. say that that is arguably better or as good as what's to come in terms of this, this well, 2001 I think, section? I think it enriches the whole thing because yeah. it, it kind of explains why Michael's dressed as a town crier for, <laughs> for a start. One, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you get to the bit that's, that is on the YouTube, um, just before it cuts back to Alan in the boxing ring, uh, you've obviously got the hosts in the uh, Comic Relief studio and the, my first observation was how fresh-faced does Vic Reeves look in this? Mm. He looks like a yeah. 20-year-old Alan Rickman. Well, yeah. I thought the same thing about Pisa Kay. He looks quite fresh and young and thin in Absolutely. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, so, yeah, although he is later described as a fat, damaged man with one lung. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Pisa Kay is Tony Maloney in in the in this sketch, mm. uh, and then Alan, for some reason, says, Tony Maloney stole a pony. And <laughs> yep. so, by this point, what was the situation with Phoenix Knights? Had it come out? Were people familiar with Peter Kay, or do you think he was very much... Well. Um, well, I was going to say Peter Kay is, well, is, is almost certainly I would say is the better known of out of him and Coogan now. Uh, I yeah. would have thought. Um, Google Trends. Uh, I went back to 2005, which is as, uh, roughly as far back as it goes. Um, and Peter Kay over time is the uh, certainly the more prominent of the two. I think there's very rare occasions where Alan, uh, well, sorry, Steve, uh, pips him in the Google Trends post, but it is very territorial. I noticed so. Uh, Peter Kay takes Australia, South Africa, and most of Europe. 
but Coogan wins America, South America, uh, the Philippines, Eastern Europe, and bizarrely Portugal. I can't believe that Peter Kay has travelled further, like has travelled outside of the UK. He's very UK humour. It's very yeah, UK centric, yeah. and also sort of he hasn't really done films or you know other big big TV shows no. that have translated. Whereas Coogan obviously has and has been in film yeah and things like Philomena have been massively yeah, successful yeah. and won awards and stuff I, as well yeah, yeah. I, certainly Coogan is the more prominent in uh, non-English speaking countries mm. or places where, where in- English speaking is, is, is less likely to occur um, out of interest, Nick, uh, asking about Phoenix Nights, it looks like the first episode of Phoenix Nights was January 2001. So this would have been right at Peter Kay's fame around Phoenix Nights. Well, obviously, he was known. He was a known entity before then, yeah. but I think this was the start of his massive rise, I would say. Yeah, so I did, it's probably fair to say it was early in the trajectory because obviously it yeah. just went from almost a bit in the same way the in-betweeners started, you know, re- respectably and grew massively. I'm sure the same exponential as growth. exponential growth mm-hmm. is also the same um, for Phoenix Nights. Um, so as you mentioned, there are a lot of undertones here of basically an entitled southerner generalising, uh, which uh, which we, we at Monkey Tennis are not fans of. Oh, um, I, don't, I don't want to get bogged down we, in this yeah, whole north-south thing again. But I did wonder if that's, you know, they're trying. perhaps that's something that, that both Peter and Steve were trying to illustrate a, a deeper point here in this sketch. And I, it made me I would wonder, think so, yeah. It made yeah. me wonder who wrote the sketch. Do you think it was Peter's writers? Was it Alan's writers? Was it a mixture of the two, do you think? I'm going to go with... Partridge. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely partridge it's a partridge-led partridge segment. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess Peter Kay is very much an incidental character in the Partridge universe. I'm sure he than... contributed in terms yeah. of you know when rehearsing and notes and things like that. But yeah, yeah. I would say it's predominantly Partridge. Side yeah. note: How good would a Partridge Phoenix Knights crossover? Be? <laughs> oh yes, I think yeah. that could be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, really good. That, that, that's that commissioned. Work. <laughs> Let's continue um, to imagine that in our own heads yeah, yeah. on our own time. Um, so is that like a... fan fiction. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Norfolk Knights, but that's actually already been done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a North, North Norfolk Knights. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Tony Maloney, uh, he calls Alan Andrew, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, what, what else? Although, although he's been called he, Alec over the years as well. I was going to say, in terms of what he calls Alan, that's only the beginning. Uh, well, yeah. well, later. It gets worse. Um, well, yeah, because uh, Alan then drops in an A up into the conversation. <laughs> so, I, the, these kind of Mancunian or, or Northern or like even. Well, I think actually there, there's well, a, a section where. Yorkshire and but there, there's a section Kate. where yeah. Alan's basically trying to be kind of like Mancunian and he's like it's Yorkshire or whatever basically Alan's trying to trying to ingratiate himself but getting it wrong anyway yeah, of course um, yeah which uh, is riling Tony up so then Tony calls him dickhead yeah. which I also really enjoy dickhead yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah Tony angers much more easily than Alan's used to isn't he like you know yeah. Alan's used to winding up guests but it takes a few minutes whereas Tony is sick of it oh I would say that Alan is visibly scared of Peter Kay's character oh yeah. yeah Peter slash Tony is quite unprofessional I would say I would argue mm. in this yeah. uh, you know yeah. this is a live television broadcast for comedy relief he's very aggressive you know? yeah but you know Alan is a presenter you know and, and he's uh, felt to control his guests <laughs> How to control his guest. Tony, Tony works in a gym. Why should he know what he's supposed to do? I'll tell you who else is unprofessional. Michael. He's hanging around on the ropes at this point, visibly pissed. Yep. <laughs> and when uh, when asked to move, uh, when Alan asked Michael to move his car because it's blocking uh, a load of people, uh, Michael's too drunk to do it. Well, it's, block- <laughs> it's blocking the uh, Meals on Wheels, isn't it? Oh, that's yep. right. Yeah, that's it. So then there's a bit of a battle of the charities where they're basically <laughs> arguing which is which is providing more for the needy. <laughs> they're not starving. Really. They're just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was very glad that uh, that Simon Greenall playing Michael uh, was in a lot of these clips to make it a bit more rooted in Alan's world rather than yeah. it just being one person taken yeah. and yeah. Uh, and put in a new scenario. 
Peter Kay's character, Tony Maloney, uh, says to Alan, he's been handed it on a plate. He's, he's been ha- have every, had everything handed to him. Alan's response to that is claiming that he's worked in an orange juice factory. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was a student. Yeah. Yeah. But it does show, it's it, never mentioned anywhere else Alan's stint in an orange juice factory. It does show that, uh, that to- Tony is not above generalising too as well. He's like, uh, yeah, all true. Yeah, yeah. But don't forget though, Tony did hear Alan on the phone hoping he was going to get a chat show out of this. Yeah. So yeah. I'd really like that. That it, Kind of what we were talking about uh, in the, the one in 1999, it's potentially Alan is... the in the Alan universe, mm-hmm. Alan is seeing these comic relief opportunities as a way to get his career back on track with the BBC every time. These comic relief specials aren't... None of it's mentioned in iPartridge, is it? The stuff that he does for comic relief. I, for, think, is it? The, I think the one in 95 where he's uh, debagged. I think that oh, yes, that is. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. mentioned. Yeah, you're right. Um, and yeah, this basically escalates into violence very quickly, doesn't it? So uh, you pretty much leave him in this segment uh, ready to face one of uh, Tony Maloney's boxers in, uh, when, we, when we head back to him later on. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why uh, you you see Alan's character always being kind of scared and distrusting and nervous around the working classes because he knows there's there's he's a residual been, threat of violence yeah. because he <laughs> he's literally been bruised. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you cut back to him, he is in a trademark Alan tiny shorts. So, uh, <laughs> qu- qu- question to the group: Do you think that's his preference or is that just lost property at a young man's boxing club? I think it's spare <laughs> kit, isn't it? I reckon yeah. A and B. Yeah. We've got two, and he's picked the the, the short, short shorts. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue here. It's effectively just descent into a bit of a brawl but obviously uh, uh, yeah. I presume everyone noticed that the boxer is Paddy McGuinness yeah yes. I thought it was but it's not I, yeah, 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 sure. I, I, thought I, I didn't was. spot that now Nick that disappoints me because uh, you have a bit of a penchant for uh, using a Bolson accent when uh, when hammered don't you yeah but I, I'm not going to appear like some kind of entitled southerner by doing it on a okay, podcast I mean, now when I'm just, stone cold just, sober we, we discussed the other night and you promised that you would uh, give us some Bolson <laughs> accent for it's, the podcast it's funny to say it when drunk it doesn't work when I'm sober uh, Mate, who was drunk none of us are drinking <laughs> I think uh, me and Jed had had a beer yeah. oh you had one beer and you were agreeing to everything. <laughs> I was briefly mindless. Uh, anyway, it's brilliant because he lands one punch and he looks so pleased with himself. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, well, he doesn't. Really, well, he does land the punch, but it's while the other boxer is looking away, <laughs> yeah, completely yeah, distracted. Yeah. Alan sees an opportunity, goes for it, nails him, and then gets battered. <laughs> Uh, to be fair to Michael, because he's drunk and he couldn't move his car, but he is straight in when there's yeah, some, he is, uh, yeah, when yeah. it's time to get handy. As Although, soon as it becomes apparent that it's not going to go well for Alan. But as we know, uh, uh, Michael does, when things start to threaten to become violent, he does kind of go into uh, stab, kill, stab, twist, kill mode. Yeah. Oh, well, he, he hits the opponent with a bell. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- I'm pretty sure Michael yells something about Fight Club as he's diving into the ring. But <laughs> I kept rewinding. I couldn't make out what the words were, but I, that's what it sounded like to me. But uh, If you want to listen to that and have a guess, then please do let us know yeah. thepartridgepod at gmail.com yeah. we're keen to work it out but uh, yeah it's it's descended to a four man brawl <laughs> yep is that uh, 2001 dealt with I, is I, 2001 and Alan Odyssey yeah, I think is. that's 2001 and it's a violent end <laughs> yes yep. uh, so we're on to 2005 Yes, uh, the 11th of March where he uh, opens by going aha I thought, I thought ah so he does do it now oh yeah he's probably renegotiated the rights by this point <laughs> he probably has um, and he uh, announces the death of Michael Flatley <laughs> almost straight away uh, and also a bigger tragedy in his eyes that they've run out of comic relief t-shirts his jacket is incredible in this as well if you do get oh, a chance it's to a watch striping the striping number isn't yeah, it yeah. Yeah. so to give a bit of context he's actually presenting a segment in the studio yes. this time yes. isn't he he's been sort of upgraded from yes yeah, so this is quite different from yeah. what we've seen before but again in, in the kind of Partridge timeline this comes what three years after I'm Alan Partridge series two and all of a sudden he's legitimately back on the BBC well, hosting say, a I'm segment not, I'm not sure it bears any kind of discussion no. in terms of how did he get here because obviously it doesn't make any sense I know it's but, just a bit of fun but yeah, yeah. so yeah uh, Michael Flatley has snagged his tights on a nail and 
died. He calls him Lord of the River Dance. <laughs> yeah. uh, the thing that I noticed most from this, and it's picked up in quite a few YouTube comments on this on this video, is how sort of unresponsive the audience is to this. I don't think they really understand maybe who Alan is. It's a bit flat, isn't it's it? It's really yeah. flat. Yeah. And I think he is delivering, you know, kind of classic partridge. It's very good. I find this section pretty funny, but the audience is just not going with it at all. I really. think, that, yeah, I think it's, it seems fairly obvious that this was actually delivered live. And I, I yeah. think that explains a lot about the audience because... This is not an Alan Partridge audience. It's not no, even a Steve no. Coogan audience. It is a, it's a comic relief, like, absolutely like, broad keep, keep strokes. Keep it light, keep it Mrs. light. Mrs. Brown's boys, like, yeah, like, just TV dinners. You're saying it's of, lowest oh, common so denominator. Someone's generalising. Well, no, I just think, you know, oh, it's a feedback yeah. entitled Southerner. <laughs> yeah. just, back, back to you, Adam. It's, you probably like to drink champagne for breakfast on Christmas morning. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, Don't we all? Yeah. But, Soft Southerners, but, a lot of you. But you know what I mean? It's not It's not his audience, and so the no. subtlety of some of these jokes is not... It's not goes over everyone's Absolutely. heads. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be To be fair, if you look on... whilst kind of going against what I said earlier he, <laughs> he hasn't really been on the TV properly since 1997 it's just been these kind of tiny Sporadic little appearances I mean, in, in the partridge verse yeah, 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 yeah. partridge verse um, a bit more about those comic relief t-shirts that had run out uh, he confirms that they're made in sweatshops which are overseen directly by Richard Curtis that <laughs> <laughs> was a very nice touch um, and then goes on to talk uh, another reference to Jamiroquai we mentioned he's made a few before yeah. uh, describing him as a hat wearing pretend environmentalist that's so Jamiroquai. good I, I did think it's, it's almost like a hit list of of, of people that Alan hates that he's going through here, or, yeah. or, or is it people that Coogan hates? It's it's kind of that thing we we don't quite don't know. quite know, yeah. yeah. And certainly more successful than uh, Alan is. That's true. Yes, yeah, yeah, very true. It's Michael Flatley. It's J.K. from Jamiroquai. It's Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Uh, who else is one of is some of Westlife mentioned as well? Were they? Oh, Brian McFadden. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he said yeah, yeah. Uh, it's something to do with him trying to offer something for the charity auction, but nobody asked him to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's yeah. great. Gag. In the same segment where Alan uh, announces that he's giving away a pair of his Umbro shorts, but unfortunately, the stitched-in genital hammock finally gave way last week, which I like because it basically means he's throwing out an old pair of shorts. Yeah. Isn't yeah. He? This would have gone in the bin otherwise. <laughs> I also like the term. Genital hammock. (laughs) I think they're playing a great escape festival. Um, He talks about homeless people and says the homeless or tramps, as they used to be called. (laughs) Uh, And then outs his sisters having just had a hysterectomy as well, which I thought was yeah, that goes quite dark. And I think that that really doesn't get any reaction at all from the audience. His sister. Uh, yeah, I, I he doesn't so. have a sister, according to I Partridge. He's very much positioned as an only child, isn't he? That's true. Well, I mean, ah, uh, but but I think the thing about that is, uh, it's sister the thing in about, law. D- d- well, the thing about does he have a sister, but he just hasn't mentioned her to make it a bit more misery lit, like he's an only child. But can we agree that there's almost no reference, if if just no reference to her in yeah. I Partridge? Yeah, I yeah. think it's it's very okay. scant, yeah. if anything. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, this bit just it feels a bit like good stand-up bombing. I feel like it's not what he's well, saying well, is, is funny. Even that it's not. Is it's it not even brilliant. that funny though? It's not I, don't I think it's funnier than the reaction it's getting. Well, so I think so. Yeah. so yeah. yeah, I agree. And he also says he'd like to inject himself into Kate Adie. Yeah, there's a bit of a direct contradiction here. He yeah. says the only heroine I'd like to inject myself into is Kate Adie. Um, and then he, but then he also says that she's uh, she's off probably smuggling herself into Afghanistan, Afghanistan, <laughs> Afghanistan, <laughs> Afghanistan, Afghanistan. She's probably off smuggling herself into Afghanistan disguised as a woman. So I thought, on the one hand, it's yeah, kind of, it sounds like what? he fancies her, and then he's saying that she's unattractive. Yeah, Kate it just again? doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know that. She's a, 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 a well-known news reporter, yeah. often in war zones, etc. Right. And the phrase, uh, well-known, like yeah. you two yeah. have. <laughs> 
well known in the world of news reporting right like that way um yeah so uh that's kind of all i had for that specific bit one. although yeah. he, he does say that you know these days tramps are no longer all scottish which <laughs> pretty horrendous that's really bad um, very funny but when he comes back oh yeah this is the other bit that's uh that's online is obviously he's uh interviewing the milky bar kid who's <laughs> yes yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah I, th- I think this is basically yeah. it's a two-part segment yes. so you've yeah. got him listing like this stuff charity auction and then you've got the simon Pegg interview yeah. Yeah. so the milky bar kid is all grown up but arguably perhaps not strong and tough. <laughs> very uh, true. Played very well by Simon Pegg. Yep. I thought it was a, a great bit of acting from, uh, from him. Well, yeah, it, it's very well acted to the point where I think if somebody tuned in and didn't know who Simon Pegg was and had no awareness of Alan Partridge being a fictional character, they might actually think, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. um, and this bit is, you can also find another version of this Milky Bar Kid interview on uh, the Cream of British Comedy release, which I guess is probably taken from one of uh, Steve's stand-up shows, I think. Have you have you watched that one as well? Uh, I haven't watched all of it. I just know that it's it's longer and right. I think it goes into a bit more of the, uh, the traumatic the, detail. So it's of not the necessarily verbatim the same. No, I don't think it's exactly the same. But it, it's him and Simon Pegg kind of redoing the same Exactly, thing. yeah. Right. Slightly right. different uh, outfits, but but sim- similar feel. Yeah, so the Cream of British Comedy, that was released in 2005. So I think that was a DVD to raise money for charity as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So same year as this, basically. Yeah. In, in fact, we posted a picture of... Because the cover of that DVD is Alan with a, with a beard. So we posted right, yeah. that on our socials. It's right. the very rare Richard Hammond goatee yes. years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Simon Pegg, it, it becomes, you know, what's meant to be a frothy interview about the fun of being a Nestle mascot. Um, basically, it, it, it turns out that the Muggy Buckets had an absolute breakdown. It he goes quite dark quite quickly, doesn't it? Sold himself for sex, yeah, stole from people. <laughs> well, well I, I made a list. So he, he started to drink at age 12. Uh, his father stole all his money. He started a band that failed almost immediately. Uh, he turned to drugs and then started selling his body for sex. And basically, anybody he put his trust in uh, just fucked him over yep. so uh, that, that's nice and cheery isn't yeah. it <laughs> to which Alan asks did you ever wear the Milky Bucky costume while whoring <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out yes yes, yes he had <laughs> um, Alan also discovers during the course of this interview that uh, well obviously that the Milky Bucky is, is gay uh, which he, he he tries to deal with as best <laughs> yeah. he can but... two gay guys go for it <laughs> is uh, this the debut of Gaiman as well from, uh, from Alan uh, oh I'm not sure oh, I don't know if it's a yeah, debut yeah. but it's consistent yeah. he also yeah. finds out in this conversation that Graham Norton in 2005 how did anyone get to 2005 <laughs> think uh, Nick's just pointed to my notes here it is good because uh, basically Alan's like so, you're gay two gay guys go for it I'm panicking <laughs> self-confessed yeah. uh, Peg nearly corpses in this as well uh, oh, really? uh, the mentions of both poppers and Oklahomos oh what do you do to relax apart from poppers yeah. <laughs> and Akla- Oklahoma is actually very very good it's great. I laughed at that um, what I didn't get was there's a bit here where Alan uh, is reading a clearly a prepared question about a hypothetical gay scenario but at the start of the interview he didn't know the Milky Bar Kid was gay so how would he have that question I don't think it is prepared it, I don't think it is prepared because doesn't um, doesn't Simon Pegg's character say what are you actually asking then he goes I don't know so I don't think it's written down um, he just has a that, clipboard is, is that before or after he's forced him to put on a hat and sing the Milky Bar song as oh, well yeah, very lacklustre yeah. performance uh, um, again I thought that was so dark because Peg's all, the Peg uh, the Milky Bar kid is like almost in tears mm, at this point yeah. it's yeah. Like, and, and it's sort of like he's he's been detailing a life where he's been taken advantage of and abused and I mean that's kind of what's happening and then Alan yeah. just adds another thing to the pile Yeah. Uh, but then there is a glimmer of hope as Alan basically admits that he, he is his friend because this, this 
Christmas has got so dark. He's got to give him he's something. Got to bring yeah. it back uh, somehow. And then you have possibly the first instance of somebody wanting to go away uh, for a drink and a holiday with Alan more than Alan wants to go, where uh, Simon Pegg's character. <laughs> oh yeah, Alan does not want to do this. Desperately trying to get him to go caravanning. And, but uh, the key thing here is that Simon Pegg or the Milky Bar Kid wants to do more than just caravanning. Oh yeah, <laughs> certainly does. So does he want to go caravanning with Alan because he knows Alan has been living in a static home? That's what I wondered. Uh, I just think it's a coincidence. He just goes. I, he just you, have, you have access to a caravan. Yeah. It's static. Yeah. yeah, I think I think yeah. I think he wants to go away with Alan and and the method he's perhaps picked because he knows that yeah, Alan's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah in a static well. caravan. Uh, and that's that's kind of the end of the segment, really, isn't it? For for that year, I think. Yes. Uh, I mean, my my uh, my summary note on this was I. To be honest, this this whole year, I generally didn't think it was that funny. I didn't think there were that many laughs, and I think a lot of the big laughs rest on Alan's homophobia and lack of understanding of the gay community. Bearing in mind, it's that a bit his, limiting, I think. Yeah, and bearing in mind that his kind of uh, his stand up went down so badly live with a comic relief audience, uh, this bit is uh, is extremely dark for a, for mm, a, yeah, put in yeah. front, put in front like, of basically a, a live audience of mums and dads who are there to see Steps and Michael McIntyre. <laughs> I mean, bearing in mind that comic relief goes on until the early hours, we're not quite sure about what time this actually. Yeah, this could have been like two a.m. So it could something. have been 2am so but then, in, which in that case no wonder the audience aren't laughing <laughs> yeah. they're knackered I don't think they would have opened with this at sort of 8pm no, 8 no, 8 premium time <laughs> it probably yeah but I mean it could have been more like an 11pm type thing yeah, or something yeah. which it's for a TV after... audience it would still be decent it's yeah. definitely post watershed yeah. <laughs> oh yeah very much so so let's fast forward to uh, 2011 um, where it's sort of a, a mid-morning matters uh, version of Alan's contribution. You say sort of mid-morning matters. It, it is. is, yeah. Yeah, Tom, <laughs> you've uh, you've got the Wikipedia page up there, I yep. believe. What's Alan been up to between okay. 2005 and 2011? So we'll, we'll set the scene here. So mid-morning matters series one uh, aired online initially uh, in late 2010 mm-hmm. into early 2011. And then it was on air on Sky Atlantic in 2012. So, yeah, th- this basically... Um, Mid-Morning Matters being online was right up to him appearing on Comic Relief. So mm-hmm. this is right on top of it. Uh, and also for the, the, the scene setting, this is pre-book as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, we're in the North Norfolk Digital Studio. Psychic Simon's there too, right? Yep, and yep. it opens with them laughing and Alan saying, look at my red nose, bit yep. trying to be wacky and zany. Quite He's a sly dig, I thought, at the sort of faux wackiness of red noses and also the sort of things people do for comic relief. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, remember, to close this segment, he says, I hate comic relief. <laughs> yep. uh, psychic Simon, a bit, uh, uh, his hair's a bit longer, his beard's a bit longer, he's looking a bit dishevelled here, yeah. isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, thought- he's been broadcasting with Alan, he's absolutely <laughs> broken. <laughs> I thought they, they're both definitely trying to be wacky and they look a bit overexcited. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I also realise uh, the red nose that Alan's wearing is the like tomato design one that was the nose design in 1993 <laughs> <laughs> great spot Just dust that old guy off yeah. great spot and that goes in line with uh, I think later on in this segment there's a reference uh, as a caller maybe says that uh, the colour of the red nose on the front of Alan's car has changed colour because he's had it for so long I think yeah. it's orange Brilliant. now it's faded oh, it's psychic Simon trying to stitch him up uh, uh, he does not go for it so it's not one of because the, they also had a few years where they had the colour changing noses a bit like a global hypercolour t-shirts <laughs> yeah. and stuff do you remember that I do yeah yeah so Alan's phone-in is obviously he's asking the listeners what have they been doing for Comic Relief um, and you've got a couple that have been doing the standard bath of baked beans but then we get a call from Pete in Kings Lynn uh, he's <laughs> taken a Pete <laughs> do you? do you really? yeah okay well he's been taking a bath of chocolate ready breakfast with his golden retriever uh, but then as Alan <laughs> continues to read he realises that uh, this email needs to be sent to the usual place which is it needs to go oh, directly right. to DCI Lambert I mean the implication there Nick is there's some kind of bestiality going on so do you want to uh, recall? Clarify your love of Pete and Kingsland. Uh, uh, 
I, I was only enjoying it up to the bit where it was a golden retriever in a bath of chocolate ready Yeah, and I think Alan was enjoying it. That. I think Alan was only enjoying it up to that point. And as yeah. he read further on, uh, he, his eyes widened and he I, looked horrified. I just hope that dog's okay. We do not know. Um, I mean, my note was, dare we wildly speculate, <gasps> but I don't think we need to. Chocolate ready break's still a thing. I used to love ready break. Uh, I don't know. God, I could go for a bowl of chocolate ready breck right now. <laughs> uh, I've got good news for you, Nick. Chocolate ready breck is very much still available. Uh, I just had a That's quick... dinner sorted. <laughs> I just had a quick Google, and you can get six sachets of uh, chocolate ready breck for one pound fifty from Waitrose. Uh, I don't know. No, it'd be a Cardo, but um, that's, uh, yeah, that's still fine. Mm. Uh, shortly after that, a man's rung in who's done some sort of compacted cheese stunt. I've just got compacted cheese. Uh, man he, he's made notes. a. I think he's made a statue out of compacted cheese. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, which he has auctioned for £150 and the caller says all of which goes to Comet Relief once he's covered his costs. <laughs> yes. Do we need to delve into that further? Well, yes. a- Alan feels the need to delve into it further. Yeah, and quite rightly so, I yeah. think. Um, I won't run you through the whole maths because it's very dull but basically the, uh, the, the the net profit is minus £172. <laughs> the guy's yeah. taking time off work, isn't he? Yeah, and he then gets very confused. Yeah, he's, ta- about... he's taken two days off work to make it. And he's so stupid that he thinks that actually Comic Relief will be the ones bearing the brunt of that loss. Uh, he doesn't realise uh, No, he's better doing... than that, he says those poor kids will they have to pay for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to speculate? <laughs> oh, so I think he's like, it cost him 150 quid and he's taking two days off work, but I think he says that he actually sold it for 20 quid and Alan's like, well, is that going to go to Comet Relief? He says, just, no, no, I've spent it. Yeah. <laughs> but he, then, and he, he then goes a bit odd and says, uh, I saw you once, Alan, in front of a garden centre and that's about it. Yeah. Oh, and he also says that he lives alone. Just yep. throwing yeah, that probably, information yeah. in there. I mean, the callers at this point are genuinely beneath Alan, which is really saying something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you reckon the best cheese would be to use for that? I'm going to go with cheddar. You're looking yeah. for. I think that's going to have good structural yeah. integrity. Yeah, yeah. structural mm-hmm. te- integrity, but malleable. Yeah, I think yeah, cheddar yeah, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, I'm glad we've. Uh, <laughs> never uh, pure enough. <laughs> Uh, do we need to talk about the next caller who's organised a naked football match for Comet Relief? Yep, sounds yeah. like a lot of fun until yeah. you find out that there's also women and children have been recruited. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's another one that's been passed straight onto BCI Lambert. So, again, much like uh, Nick being excited about a dog and some chocolate ready break earlier, um, Simon is initially excited. He's like, he's trying to be a bit of a lad about it. Yeah. He's like, oh, mixed football, I hope. And Alan's like, mmm, twirling yeah. my moustache. Yeah, yeah. He's jumbling. He's so jumbling. Obviously, the implication, oh, it's mixed between men and women. It's a bit yeah. sexy. But yeah, it's men, women, and children. So again, uh, Simon is asked to leave the studio and give that email to Susan to send straight onto the attention of DCI Lambert. Now, obviously, he's oh, uh, in this in this episode. He's passed two things over to DCI Lambert. Are we to believe that this is a regular thing and that he's having to do this pretty Absolutely. much every week? Well, yeah. I mean, he, he, he does say. Uh, send email number five to the usual place. We've got another. <laughs> so yes, this is clearly happening. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello. Um, at the start of part two of the, uh, the, the 2011 comic relief, Alan is basically having a, it's a very meta discussion, a hypothetical argument with the concept of poverty, but it becomes apparent oh, as, yeah. as he goes on that he's less talking to poverty and more talking to travellers. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. He basically, yeah. He's getting angry and angry with poverty, but then he ends up suggesting that, that the poverty is actually on land that doesn't belong to it and that it should go to South End. Uh, it, yeah, it's things like, this is private property, clear up your stuff, you're not wanted. Yeah, <laughs> South End, there's plenty of waste around there. Yeah. Poverty. Wow. Oh, that's so good. Uh, and then he has the travelling to... stuff is some of my favourite stuff that he does. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it is a very consistent trope, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, very much he so. He's travellers. Yeah. Uh, a deeply awkward cut then to solemn facts about Africa, but he's using his regular fact attack sting, which basically just goes, fact attack, within about eight gunshots. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the timing is amazing. And also the, lo- the last shot is like there's an imaginary assailant behind him that he just kind of turns yeah. around to shoot. But yeah. it's the pause as well that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think like in his head, he's kind of reacting some James Bond type yeah, scenario, yeah. isn't he? As the, gun, as the gunshots ring out, it. it's yeah. Lady Smith, Black Mambazo. <laughs> in the background. Um, before that as well, there, there's a really nice little moment where it's excellent Tim Key work here, where Alan says two packets of crisps and a pint of lager yep. and Simon does the other way round gesture with his yeah. arms yeah. Yeah. it's great um, but, 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 but sadly Psychic Simon for the fact. is not in the good books for long the first fact he reads out every year famine in Africa kills ex-children because <laughs> he's not filled in the fact himself and he then, he then tries to justify it by saying he thought it was Roman numerals as in famine only kills ten children a year yeah and you said that the music here it's uh, obviously from Paul Simon Graceland and it's just oh sorry it's... I said Lady Smith Black Man Buzz oh, well, I think they, uh, well I think they feature yep. on it they've oh, featured artists that's on, how on they the got album. massive I take it, it yeah. wrong I was absolutely correct <laughs> it, 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 it's fine so that uh, that album was obviously massive in kind of like late 80s and went on to sell like over 16 million copies but I, I just think this is a it, it's a really great piece of detail where Alan's kind of crass thinking it's like oh we're dealing with Africa so we need some music that's got an African influence but instead of going with like a purely African artist he's gone for Paul Simon <laughs> yeah um, and then you get the line that you used in the intro do you think Richard Curtis would get out of bed for 10 dead kids <laughs> and, and Alan's like really pissed off that Simon would even think that as well it's great uh, the look on his face as he introduces a special celebrity guest is so funny because it's like when you find out who, who it is it's, <laughs> you, know, you can see how much yeah. fun he's having with it they're, it's they're, awful you know what they're, they're a bit like kids at this point aren't they like yeah. they think yeah. we've come up with a really funny idea everyone's going to love this it's going to be it's hilarious funny, to be fair. I, I mean it is funny but <laughs> not for his the, reasons but yeah. you know in, in like kind of IRL like it's it's obviously it's so bad taste yeah but yeah it's and great. so yes the special guest is basically uh, psychic Simon uh, managing a puppet <laughs> of Abu Hamza the boss-eyed Muslim cleric with, with a hook, hook for a hand, hand. Yeah. And he name. uses the exact same yeah. description That's in yeah. mid-morning matters yeah. as well yeah. I don't understand how they can have gone to all the effort of getting this very detailed puppet made yeah. yet Simon has had no, <laughs> absolutely they no anything, they, they haven't scripted it he's <laughs> crippling himself in a stress position on the floor yeah. trying to hold this puppet 
pop it up. And if you're watching it on the webcam from home, you can oh, clearly yeah. see Psychic Simon yeah. on the yeah. floor. I, I love the shot when you can't see him, so it is just Alan yeah. talking to mm. a puppet. That really uh, makes me laugh. And it ties back, obviously, to to an episode of Mid Morning Matters where they are they having a discussion off air about uh, Abu Hamza and what you would add instead of a hook onto his hand. So yes. Abu Hamza is obviously <laughs> very much the uh, the terrorist, or well, not terrorist. The, 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 you say terrorist du jour yeah, of 2011. The, yeah, the cleric of choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so well, with the lack of scripting for this part, like all Simon could think of to say that's funny is just making the puppet say beans and he starts laughing to himself. <laughs> so I mean, that it, is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, beans are always funny. It genuinely is a scene that just sort of di- gently dismantles itself towards the end. And then at the very end, uh, as, as well, I would say a split second before it cuts away, Simon has a, a, a quick bit of inspiration, just goes, death to the West. I know, which is amazing. <laughs> and that's the end. I mean, it's, it's again, it's so bad taste, but it's brilliant. Yeah, the only thing we've missed out before this segment ends is obviously Alan has the first of two massive nosebleeds here. <laughs> uh, and obviously we know uh, from the book that Alan is very prone to nosebleeds. He's got a very sensitive nose, so probably having the older comic relief red nose has uh, prompted that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, yeah, his nose comes back to... Uh to cause even him. more havoc. <laughs> cool. um, in the next scene, which opens, I noticed that he's, uh, again, he's trying to work some product placement in with his uh, Turner's Kitchen Solutions yeah. T-shirt that <laughs> so he's wearing. So is that wearing. the second appearance of Turner's Kitchen Solutions? I think so. I think they're also mentioned in the in the book. They're, they're, they're mentioned all over the place. I think they get they get quite a few references. Ah. Only uh, the uh, company that Kitchen Planet uh, wishes it was, yeah. Yep. Uh, so Sister Catherine is his guest, uh, obviously mm-hmm. uh, a nun. Um, he immediately refers to uh, Irish nuns' mistreatment of pregnant women <laughs> in the 50s. Um, I, 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 Hitting them? Specifically, yes, well, yeah. kind of fact checking and cross referencing uh, this uh, Philomena vibe. Yes, this mm. would have this would have been produced around the same time that Coogan was first oh, working yeah, on Philomena, yeah. which came out in uh, 2013. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's, it's likely he was aware of the issues, and that's why yeah. it's referenced. Totally. Philomena is great as well. Yes, Just fantastic. Can I shock you? I haven't seen it. Really? Oh. It's on the list. Oh, it's always, always add to the list. Yeah. Very much. You should watch it. It's very good. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. And he says they've got a check for 200 pounds for her, which is more, Alan says, than the average African earns in the BBC canteen. Yeah, which is very good. Close to the bone. But then, whilst he's saying that, Simon just says a month in the background as well. Um, and he poses the question to Sister Catherine Sting, Bono, Geldof, help or hindrance? Uh, I was going to say, uh, question to the group, which of them, uh, Paul, please can you put those three in order of who you'd rather share an Italian meal with? I've also got three questions uh, based around that trio, so let's do yours and then do Bono, one, Geldof and Sting. Sting, Sting. It, Sting for me. Uh, yeah, I think I'd probably go Sting, Bono, Geldof. Oh, I think Are we I'm ranking them? Yeah. Oh, I'd... Sting, Geldof, Bonio. Yep, correct. That's what I'd go for. I think I'd go Geldof. I think it'd be a laugh on a, on a night out having a meal. Mm. Uh, probably Sting. Bono. Bono's going to be last. Yeah, no one wants Bono. Yeah, on retrospect, yeah, you're right. No you're absolutely Bono. right. Bono is last. Yeah. Uh, so my questions to the group were, who would you rather go on a charity fundraiser with out of those three? Ooh, same order, I think. Yeah, probably well, same I order. I think Geldof would bring the enthusiasm because he's got more. Give us your Give fucking, fucking money. money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident as well, if you went out for an Italian meal with Bono, you would have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got tax to avoid, doesn't yeah, he? Exactly. Yeah. Um, allegedly. Sorry, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> you then end up in an argument because apparently he only pays the service charge through the Cayman Islands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's got a bloody voucher. Uh, Bono, put your voucher card away. Next question, quick fire. Sting Bono, Geldof, question to the group, who would you rather record a podcast with Sting. Sting, yeah, Sting. I think it's the same order. A for lot everything, of love isn't for Sting going I'd, on here. I'd say it's just I don't like Geldof. I don't like Bono. I'd say Bono though because I think it would be he's got more stories. Mm, maybe, maybe but you'd have to travel to him as well, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he won't cover costs. Yeah. <laughs> Final question for the group: Sting, Bono, Geldof. Who would you rather be stuck in a lift with? 
Uh, oh, Sting. Yes. Yeah, Sting. Oh, hang on, hang on. Has Sting got a loot? <laughs> or, I mean, I've not specified, if so that's sa- your choice. If it's Sans Instrument Sting. <laughs> yeah, because he might just go and meditate and shut up and go yeah. in the corner. If, I, if, fine, I'm, yeah. if I'm in with him and he starts he starts playing Fields of Gold on a loot, I'm going to go absolutely wait, insane. Wait a minute. I'm climbing out of the lift, John McClane style. Stuck in a lift. I reckon Geldof, I reckon Geldof, out of those three people, is going to be be- is going to be able to get out of that situation the best out of the other two. I, I reckon Sting's quite hench, you know. Really? Yeah, he does a lot of yoga and I don't reckon out. he's practical like Geldof. I reckon Geldof is practical. We know how to like undo yeah, that. But surely Bono would just like call some extra special security company. Well, and well send if them we've over. got phones, then we're fine. Well, why have you not got a phone? Who said you've not got a phone? I've not said you've not got a I phone. I assume that I haven't got a phone. <laughs> You're stuck in a lift. That's all I'm saying. All right, I'm calling the lift emergency. Okay, people. fine. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> just get Bono to phone up. I know Sean Connery or someone. He'll try to reverse the charges though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a reverse charges call for to Sean Connery. Is that Bono again? Don't except the charges uh. <laughs> I'm keen to explore this rabbit hole further but yeah, we'll probably get back to Alan. we need to get back to the studio where Alan is coughing blood all over a nun I sneezes this, this, sneezes yeah, he yeah. sneezes but it, it, it's I don't know one of the weaker parts of it it doesn't really kind I of think that, that bit together. does uh, it, I think the mid-morning matters one is brilliant but I think that the sneeze is kind of like it's so it's so it, hammy like yeah. the way it's done mm, yeah. the, the nosebleed before worked that was fine yeah. and this is just taking it a bit too but obviously, far obviously the nosebleed is put in segment one to lead to this being kind of like the comic yeah. payoff yeah. and the complaints about the red nose being uncomfortable were, are in yeah, there it's, all, it's, in, yeah, it's, it's all in there um, uh, but yeah he, he's got a flex on a wimple yes great line which is a, that's a nun's headdress by the way I did have to check <laughs> yeah, me too I, have to look that up. Uh, I like that he, he sneezes on her immediately goes shit sister <laughs> um, and you can see uh, there's, there's there's a very quick uh, angle where you can see that he's holding something outside of his yeah, nose as yeah. well it's quite obvious there's a little yeah, like oh, explosive yeah. 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 yeah this whole section didn't do very much uh, really. uh, Wimple as well not only uh, not only a nun's headdress but also a village in Devon Mm. Ah. Wimple fact for you there. Good, good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says to the camera, I'm a bit confused about this. He says, he looks, oh, I guess it's at the viewer, and he says, You got what you wanted, blood on the carpet, or better, blood on a nun. And I sort of thought, I, I, Is he talking to the producers because they that... asked him to grill the nun a bit, or is he talking to sort of a generic demanding viewer? I, th- I, think, I think that might almost be aimed at the BBC because I think there's blood on the carpet, about to reference, there's quite a uh, infamous documentary about uh, Radio One reshuffling that was called Blood on the Carpet about kind of the switch into ah. the Matthew Vanister years. So uh, okay. that's the only thing that I could think that was referencing, but I'm sure it really makes sense. I'm yeah. sure we'll get feedback and on Some, the emails. Somebody, from it. somebody yeah. will correct this someone let us know. This is going to be like when we didn't know where Scissor Isles from all over. Over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah do now, and yeah. that's the important thing. Sorry, yeah, there's probably everyone. like a famous play called Blood on the Carpet that we've never heard of where <laughs> a man sneezes on a nun. <laughs> <laughs> um, that brings me to the end of this year. How about anyone else? Uh, well, I mean, I just love the fact it ends with Alan just saying to the nun, I hate comic relief. Because <laughs> uh, he does. And then Psychic Simon in the background, he looks absolutely shell shocked about what's just happened in front of him. <laughs> yeah. um, yep, nothing else from me. Which brings us to the, uh, the most recent comic relief yep. uh, contribution mm-hmm. in 2017. Uh, so one thing to note is that uh, the credits mark this out as a Pear Tree charitable production yeah. <laughs> so yet another wing on the Pear Tree Productions yeah. uh, label there um, yep presumably so it's uh, tax deductible I would imagine <laughs> I don't know she's saying he's like Bono yeah, advice from Bono um, it's quite nice it, it, 
one thing's quite nice at the start of this, and it does kind of summarise all of the comic reliefs that led us up to this point as well. There's yeah, it's, it's a nice, on. yeah. I mean, it's, as he um, sort of says by his own admission, it's an easy way for him to not really get involved, but appear like is he it is his, getting involved. Is it his Alan Partridge's comic relief stonkers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah. which he repeats every time as yeah, well. I love, which is um, so good. Do, does anyone remember uh, the stonk, the uh, Red Nose Day song by Hale and Pace? I yeah. do, yep. yeah. Do the stonk to the rhythm of the honky-tonk? Well, Stick a red nose on your conk and uh, let's stonk. Absolute tune. I was very much, um, I reckon I was probably three or four when that came out. You were probably, <laughs> Bullshit, you were probably tearing up the dance floor in your mid-30s. Yep, <laughs> that's right. I had the moves. Do not remember. Um, a good thing about this being a Pear Tree charitable production is much like uh, Scissor Isle that came out around the same time, it's... Uh, it's an excuse for them to have a, a hand of Alan in all of the editing choices, in the music yeah. choices, and so. On. So, for example, yeah. the shot of Comic Relief calling him is obviously something is how he imagines the people at Comic Relief to look like with a goatee and a flat cap while they're in an office on the phone. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. Like, I would say the clips here are all deliberately rubbish. So, I guess that's a Pear Tree Productions <laughs> gag, isn't yeah. it? That yeah. they've just selected the worst footage possible. Yeah, the Alan, voiceover Alan is very funny. Really. Yeah, the voiceovers are funny, but I think that's the joke. That's the joke. Uh, and yeah. Also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there were no gags as well. Uh, it's it's very much a sort of Harry Hill TV burp you've been framed yeah. for, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah, I thought yeah. was interesting in that it's it's one of the few TV formats that Alan's never been involved with is a clip show. Well, I wondered, is it almost having a clip-based segment? It's a bit like, are they trying to recreate the uh, Alan, Alan Partridge's World Cup roundup kind of magic? Goal! Goal. Shit. Uh, I also did wonder uh, whether... Uh, genuinely, uh, if Coogan was not available to record to do something on camera, so he might have been quite busy working on other projects at this time. And yeah. why bother? It's definitely something. <laughs> it's definitely something that, that re- required less time on his well, part. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. literally phone it in. So mm. I just yeah, farm yeah. out to the Gibbons. Tell me where I need to turn up. There's a nice touch where they cut to Noel Edmonds, but it's actually Julian Assange and Mr. Blobby. Yes, that's <laughs> very good. Yeah, <laughs> like that uh, and also a fun dig at uh, 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 Noel Edmonds with a voiceover says he keeps the gun dress to be close to his chest as well as some of his tax arrangements. She <laughs> <laughs> so was saying he's like Bono, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's almost back to the quality of his day-to-day sports reporting when he's uh, doing narrating on the keepy-uppy uh, section of this where he's just going, knee, 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 <laughs> knee, <laughs> knee, <laughs> knee, right foot, right foot. Oh, he's lost it. He's literally saying what he says. I like literally that. Literally saying so what he says. So um, a, a few other choice quotes. He goes off on a tangent saying, I only waxed myself completely smooth once on a school trip to Anglesey because some boys told me to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they obviously cover the classic uh, having a bath of beans. He says, never, ever fall asleep in beans. It will stain your skin. And <laughs> also talks about lady-flavoured beans. <laughs> but also, if you do get a slag's tan from a bath of beans, presumably that wouldn't be on the face. So it would just be like neck down. Yeah. If you fall asleep, potentially. Yeah, yeah. you might slide yeah. down into yeah, it. Then you then might you drown would, in a bath of beans. So in that case, you'd need to wear a snorkel to keep yourself safe. So you'd have like reverse panderise of a slag's tan. Should we try this out for Comic Relief <laughs> next time? Yeah, uh, uh, I think Adam's keen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it some thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about um, it. It's also, I guess, him kind of sliding into sort of Dennis Norden, it will be all right on the night territory yeah. for people mm-hmm. who remember that. And I did think this is in a similar way. We sort of see his evolution through this as we were talking on the Mid Morning Matters episodes about how he's changed. He started out very much as a sort of, mm. uh, as an Edmunds manic running around the house Noel's house party yeah. kind of in your face slightly violent 
presenting style. Uh, but he's basically morphing into Wogan, isn't he? A sort of a, a, mm. a latter day kind of. You'll he f- wishes he was one yeah, tenth I, of Wogan. I mean, I know he's no Wogan, but you know, it's kind of like he'll say some stupid things, but you'll let him off because he's, also, he's the nation's <laughs> sweetheart. Dennis uh, Norden always used to present those shows with a clipboard that he would never refer back to. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Didn't Dennis Norden have like a, a, a range of sources or something like that? A range of. You're thinking about Roy Grossman. You're thinking. Yeah. Of- I'm, yeah. Oh no, no, no! Oh, he does his pick, pickled onions, or is that Barry Norman? That's Barry Norman. Oh, uh, it's Barry, oh, Norman. No, 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 Barry no. Norman's pickled onions. Uh, it's um, salad dressing. No, no, that's no, Paul Newman. That's Paul Newman. <laughs> uh, range of mayonnaises. That's Hellman's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Ketchups. Pa- oh, yeah. Ainsley Harriet does his own range of couscous. Yes, yep. that's right. Uh, very good. Yep. Pasta gravy sauce, and we're back to Alan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Action man bow tie. Yeah. And I think that brings us to the end of Alan's comic relief contributions to date. Does it yeah. not? Uh, I, th- I think it does. Uh, I mean, I, like we said, I think it's a quite a genius way perhaps just by sheer chance that they've managed to keep Alan relevant and visible in the years when the character hasn't been in the main show really mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's been quite fun to go back and look at all these clips oh there's something of a mixed bag when it comes to uh, which ones work and which ones don't yeah I mean it, I think the quality is a bit hit and miss I mean out of interest does it did anybody ever see any of these live on the on the Comet Relief years? I no. definitely saw a few. There would there would have been year, a year, few years, probably around the sort of two thousand and five mark, where I would have uh, tuned into Comet Relief for about half an hour. They would have said Alan's coming up, and I would have yeah. then sat there glued to the TV for about three and a half hours, waiting for this five minute clip <laughs> to come up. Yeah, they'll always keep milking it. Yeah. I mean, I think the only ones I actually saw were the ninety five and the and uh, the two thousand and seventeen ones. Mm. Uh, I just never really watched Comic Relief. Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't really watch Comic Relief either. Irrespective of whether my you know comedy heroes were on there, I yeah. probably wouldn't watch it. It's you're waiting a long time to get some gold. I'm not and, saying it's not a worthy yeah. cause, but next up we have Mrs. Brown's boys. Yeah, skip. click off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and is it worth uh, discussing our f- favorite and least favorite Comic Relief? For me, yeah. 95 is the favorite, and the least favorite is probably 2005 with him and Simon Pegg. I would agree. I think for me, two thousand. Uh, well, you know what? I, I don't like two thousand and five or two thousand seventeen. I think they are uh, a bit of a letdown. I think my favourite is probably two thousand and one. Although it's it's quite quick. You've got Michael. You've got Peter. I think Peter Kay is. I think everyone's got a favourite era of Peter Kay, much like the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> I think mine is very much Phoenix Knights, and I feel like this is kind of you know it's it's adjacent to a Phoenix Knights yeah. type character. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a toss up. I think that the first three, the 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 95, 99, 2001, I mean, I'm choosing half of them there, but I think those ones are all absolute brilliant pieces of departure. Yeah. My favourite is ninety nine. I'm shocked that you have no one else has gone. Yes, it's nineteen ninety nine. I think that's absolutely the best one. Oh, Kate Bush medley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the stuff in the studio. Oh, I think yeah, that's, I, I genuinely oh, yeah. think, I genuinely think that is some of the best partridge that there has ever been. That that 18 minute section I, I guess it's gold. a bit more, there's a bit more heft to it because that's like a 20 minute segment all in, isn't it? Where the other ones are probably like yeah. five or six minutes, There's time so. for things to yeah. develop yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and things yeah. to build a little bit. I, I genuinely think it's some of the strongest work I he's think done. It's just let down by the Brian Ferry bit for me. I don't yeah, think maybe, that really yeah, yeah, but the rest yeah. of it I agree is yeah. gold. Okay, well that brings us to the end of our two part comic relief special. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on any of Alan's comic relief output then please do get in touch thepartridgepod at gmail.com uh, on Facebook it's facebook.com slash thepartridgepod at thepartridgepod at Twitter and at monkey tennis pod on Instagram um, don't forget you can find all of these uh, these clips of comic relief on YouTube well almost all of them so uh, do watch and enjoy I think we'll share them on our and, socials uh, as well it is worth saying the quality of some of these clips <laughs> is uh, uh, very especially sub- was it the 2005 one the oh, yeah, Simon Pegg one it's like you're watching it on a postage stamp it's <laughs> ridiculous sub VHS quality <laughs> yeah. but uh, we, we did our best and you can yep. too um, so we'll be back uh, in the coming months with even more Partridge uh, as you know there's a new series of Partridge hitting the BBC at some point this year so I'm sure we'll be back to talk about that and many other things but from all of us for now at Monkey Tennis thanks and goodbye see ya goodbye, goodbye. Not, not
Monkey tennis? Well, uh, this is great banter. Ha 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more uh, rubbery than turtle. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.